I started this podcast with the tragedy of Aussie pub rock, an entire culture, a way of life decimated by gambling. Then in episode 10, I took on the government's role in dismantling all art in Australia. First, the discriminative COVID restrictions that unfairly benefited sports and gambling, while at the same time punished local venues and musicians. Also in that episode, I spoke about there being no Department of Arts. Australia has no Department of Arts in Parliament, despite being one of the biggest grossing industries in the country, making up 6% of the total GDP of Australia. If you're a full-time musician or a sound engineer or a dancer or a writer in Australia, you pay your taxes, and it's the Department of Transport that is tasked with representing you in government. And here we are today, episode 20 of The Sound Age. I say this not as a whinging Aussie musician, poor me, it's too hard. I say this as a proud Aussie, who just happened to be forced overseas to make a career out of rock and roll. I'd love nothing more than to be able to play eight gigs a week on home soil in every rural town. From the pub in Barcolden in central Queensland who gave us a free night's accommodation when they found out how little we were being paid. To the town hall in Tongala with a population of just over a thousand people who gave my first band one of our very first ever gigs. We played Sweet Home Alabama twice that night because we didn't have enough songs. But I can't just play rock and roll in Australia. It's unsustainable. Aussie rock is broken. How do we fix it? I've got an idea. Rock and roll is dead. I'm sorry, I just can't. You've got a lot of things to say, why don't you just say I don't mean to be controversial. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. The sound age. There's a coastal town in Spain called Cangas. According to Google Earth, it is 17,780 kilometres away from Cherry Bar in Melbourne. There's a venue in this town called Salason. My band Massive and another Aussie rock band called Tequila Mockingbird played there on a tour a few years ago. We were unknown bands in this town. We'd never even heard of the town, never mind played there before. Apart from the newspaper hyping our arrival and the posters in all the cafes, our Spotify stats suggested maybe 15 people were coming to this gig. This town is one of the furthest, most western points of Spain, and all of Europe for that matter. During soundcheck, we noticed Diego, the promoter. He was wearing an electric Mary hat, and we thought that was so cool. When we were eating dinner though, we noticed another guy. He was wearing a deep end shirt, and we thought, no way, what are the chances of that? And then we saw someone else wearing a Dead City Ruins shirt, and we realised, hey, Maybe this town might actually know who we are. And then we went into the band room. And on the wall in the band room, written in Sharpie, we saw Dirt River Radio, My Dynamite, Palace of the King, El Colosso, Mammoth Mammoth. All of these new Aussie rock bands we've shared stages with in Melbourne had graced this very stage in a remote coastal Spanish town. Turns out the locals in Kangas love new Aussie rock bands. The gig was full. People had no idea what we were saying on stage, nor did they care. They got a sense of the beat and they jumped around. The language barrier didn't matter. Celebrating music was their culture. I'm not going to lie, it felt really good. I mean, we've had rocking crowds in Australia before, but these people didn't want to go home. 
At some hour of the morning, I remember after way too many cervezas, all the men had their tops over their heads and everyone was doing a conga line while someone at the front played I Smell Rock and Roll from Tequila Mockingbird on their phone. This was a celebration of life. And then in 2018, we toured Eastern Europe, uh, in particular Romania of all countries. Look, this part of the tour was it was a disaster, if I can be honest. The promoter skipped off with the money and the promotion, well, it was pretty bad. Um, but I remember we played this gig in Lugoj, Luj, Lugoj, I don't know how to say it. Um, anyway, this was a very poor part of the country. It was beautiful, but it was worn down. And I mean, a five-star hotel cost about 30 bucks, to give you an example. We knew we weren't going to sell any merch at this gig, but we're here, so let's put on a show. And the result was some of the happiest people we've ever met. This wasn't a packed house, far from it. There was probably 50 people there. But those people were having the greatest night of their lives. Almost none of them had ever met an Australian person before. Those that spoke English were fascinated with us. The younger people were dancing along like we were their favourite ever band. It may not have been a successful night for us, but man, did those people have the best night ever and they let us know. They couldn't afford to buy our merch, but they celebrated life with us in a way that nothing else really mattered. Counter that with our show in Harvey Bay in Queensland on our 2019 Australian tour. We'd only been there once before on the Screaming Jets tour. We'd been asked back by a few fans, so the promoter decided to put us in the smaller downstairs bar. Never really has rock bands down there, but upstairs was a thousand capacity room, so this was a good compromise. The stage, however, was closer to the restaurant and the sports bar and the pokies. Five minutes into sound check, the staff came up to us and said, you have to stop, you're making too much noise. The people gambling and the poker machines, they're not happy. Okay, no sound check tonight, boys. Then a couple walked in from the restaurant while we're setting up our merch. What songs do you play, they asked. We explained, our own songs, we're an original band. They looked at us baffled. Come on, they argued you got to play some songs we know. Jokingly, I said, Hey, here's our merch stand. We have three CDs for sale. You have time to learn the songs. They scoffed, as if to say, Why on earth would I buy your music? And then promptly left. There were two crowds that night. The legends had travelled to see us. They stood at the front and rocked out with us. And then there was the people who were just there for a night out. That second crowd wandered between the bar and the horse races on the TV, talking louder and louder as we played louder. One person even left a complaint with the bar staff, never have bands downstairs again because we ruined their night. I think we played pretty well, even with the disrespectful distractions. Look, this isn't meant to be a pissing contest, who has a better scene or whatnot, but this is a comparison of cultures. Australia doesn't have a great rock culture anymore. That's not an insult, it's true. Sure, there are great live music venues and some awesome fans and bands and people that work hard for the scene, and Rose Tattoo and the Angels still fill RSLs around the country, but if you asked Rose Tattoo or the Angels fans to name five new rock bands from the last 10 years, some of them could. A large majority of them wouldn't have a clue. You ask the people in Kanga, Spain to name five new Aussie rock bands, I bet you they could rattle them off. Look, I know I sound like I'm whinging here. I sort of am. 
I mean, this is depressing. Uh, it really is. I wish I had unlimited money to charter a flight for all the Aussie rock fans and bands to come and witness what a good rock music culture actually feels like. What 3,000 people at Stone Dead Festival in Newark is like. Three generations of families sharing old and new rock music together. I can only imagine Midnight Oil and In Excess and ACDC having the same vibes playing in the 70s and 80s as I did rocking out 17,800 kilometres away at Salazón in Canga, Spain. Music isn't dead in Australia. Triple J flies the flag for other styles of increasingly poor music. It's just Australia had its culture stolen. It was destroyed by the love for putting on a few bucks down on the races. The culture is now a gambling culture, and the government love gambling income. They won't give that up regardless of how many lives destroyed. Pub rock culture has lost the war, I'm afraid. But if we can't beat them, what if we joined them? See, almost one in five gambling machines worldwide are located in Australia. We're the biggest gambling nation in the world by far. We're never going to remove them for a return of the two red lights and a dodgy PA. Aussies love to gamble. We can't stop them from loving a punt, but we can turn those gamblers back into pub rock bands again. And I have an idea. Here it is. Music gambling. Sportsbet proudly presents Aussie Rock Battle of the Bands, bringing Aussie pub rock back to your local. 25 unsigned Aussie rock bands battle it out to be crowned Sportsbet's best new Aussie rock act. The winning band receives a recording contract worth $100,000 and a national, regional and cities tour. Place your bets now. Please gamble responsibly brought to you by the Department of Transport and Infrastructure. Please give us all your money. Look, this isn't some traditional battle of the bands. This is a game. Right next to the local races in your sports bar and in every RSL. Here's how it works. You go onto your Sportsbet app. From there, you can check out all 24 bands. They have a video clip and an introduction video. You can place your bet right there. Then, there's betting cards in all major RSLs. The band's video clips are played on the TVs and the sports bars. Make it a spectacle. Who will be the next Barnsley, the next Angels, the next Hoodoo Gurus? Check out the bands and take your punt on who will be judged the next big Aussie rock pub band. Sportsbet has all types of markets open for betting. Bet on the winning band. Bet on the band that comes last. Get a top three trifecta. Guess all 24 bands in order for a guaranteed $1 million prize. You can bet on the public vote or the judges vote. All these markets Sportsbet already exploits. And then after a few months of gathering all this gambling money, there's a one-off three-hour special on ABC television. Sportsbet presents the hunt for the next Aussie pub rock band, the grand final. All the bands play one song, Eurovision style, at the Palms in Crown Casino. The interviews with the bands are all held in their local RSLs. Let's bring this back to the suburbs. Hey, get old stereo involved, the owners of commercial rock station Triple M. This is aimed directly at their key demographic. Get the ALH group involved too. If you don't know who that is, your local pub is probably owned by ALH group. They own hundreds of those types of venues all around Australia. This would be a big money ticket for them, incorporating their gambling and their live at the local touring circuit. And if this is successful, make it a yearly thing. Let the gambling organisations take all the credit for bringing Aussie pub rock back to the suburbs. Who cares? 
the government might even take a bit of interest too, because all of a sudden, music is contributing to their precious little gambling taxes. Hey, let's take it further. They have virtual horse races where you can bet money on who will win a video game. Have virtual rock-offs. Two Aussie pub rock bands pitted against each other. The screen plays a minute of each band, then you have 30 seconds to place your bets and 30 seconds to announce the winner. Basically every three minutes there's a new game. It's actually just a simple game of two-up to decide who wins. Like betting odds, evens or split in the Kino. But instead of a bunch of blokes sitting around in sports bet throwing away money while watching horses run around, now they're throwing away their money while blaring Aussie pub rock instead. Who knows, if it became a really popular thing, it might even put a dent in the cruel and inhumane horse racing industry. And look, it's not a morally good idea. Gambling is a major problem. We shouldn't encourage it. But the government love it. And more importantly, they secretly reward it. So we can either let our beloved and forgotten Aussie pub rock culture whittle away or fester overseas, or we can play the game that's right in front of us. I love the experience of touring, meeting new cultures and, and the adventure and just the unknown of international touring. But like the song says, but no matter how far or how wide I roam, I still call Australia home. Give us our culture back. This is The Sound Age. See you next season. Thank you so much to everyone who's taken the time to listen to this first whole season of The Sound Age. I'm going to take a little break now to start writing season two. I research, write, and perform all of these episodes myself, so it's a lot of work. So please keep sharing them with anybody and everybody who might enjoy the rock and roll stories, predictions, and opinions. If you have any topics you want me to talk about, please hit me up at The Sound Age. Till next time, rock on.